Welcome to the Prepare to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Uh, today, we're going to dive right into it. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we had our um, meet down in Kentucky for the Kentucky Open. Um, wanted to kind of get into what that was like, you know, running a first meet, um, <clears throat> some behind the scenes things that people probably don't see. And, and honestly, like I, you know, we've helped set up for meets plenty of times. Um, we've helped run them whenever they're at the gym. Um, so we've seen a little bit of it, but you, you know, we've never taken in the inquiries, taken in the, uh, the signups, the registrations, the payments, the, you know, all this stuff. So it's really interesting to see the full picture. Um, a lot of people don't understand. And, and even now I, I came out of it and I said, like, I had a new appreciation for people that run meets because it is not an easy task at all. Um, just from the amount of emails you get where someone screwed up their registration or needs to change it, needs to drop out, uh, wants to try to get added in last minute, um, you know, random questions because people don't read the rule books. That is, and I'll tell you now, that's the most annoying thing. I think of the whole thing is read the rule book of the Federation you're going to be competing. in. we had people literally almost asking us like how to compete. Like you should know what weight class you're going to be in. You should understand the difference between, you know, what the wrap division is, if there is one and, and, and sleeve division, if there is one, a naked knee, if there is one, um, you know, single ply, multiply, all that stuff. You should know that you should be able to read and know that, um, we had, we had people emailing, trying to ask, like, what are the exact rules for every lift? And there is no way in how any meat director is ever going to tell you that. They're going to tell you to go read the rule book. Um, you got to understand a lot of people running meats, that's not their main job. A lot of them have uh, other businesses, other jobs that they do. It is literally a weekend hobby thing. So a lot of these meat directors that are running meats, um, generally, of course, like, yes, you're making a little bit of money off of it, but you're also sacrificing your entire weekend. You're sacrificing time outside of your normal working hours. Um, it's like a very, 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 very small business side hobby. It is not a lucrative thing. It's not something you make a ton of money off of unless you're putting on some very big meats, but even those come with, uh, with problems in themselves. But, um, Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of stuff that people just don't see, and and we got a glimpse of that. Um, we had people coming, we had people coming into the meet, um, you know, at registration, at weigh-ins, asking about records that weren't even in the RPS. They were asking about USPA records. And if they could break them in the RPS. And we said, no, like that's not how this works. The only records you could set would be like an all time record. If you're, if you're talking through across all federations, yes, you could set an all time record, but you can't set a, a state record for another federation in the, in, in the RPS. You know, it's, it doesn't work that way. Um, we had some bomb outs. Uh, because again, people don't know the rules, uh, squat bomb outs happened. A couple people got really close. They ended up getting their third, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it comes back to just the knowledge of everything. Um, 
I can think of one off the top of my head. It was a high school kid. He played football or something and decided to jump into powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his dad's there. And I don't know if his dad coaches him or, you know, high school football coaches told him to do it. I, I don't know. But uh, he he wasn't even close on squats. And Oof. he ended up sinking at his third. We told him, we're like, we, we kind of showed him. Someone pulled him off the side and showed him how deep he needed to get. And, um, I think one person even went to the side and like called him like a power lifter went mm-hmm. off. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Like that person didn't need to help that kid at all, you know, but, but he, still, yeah, yeah, he told him like, uh, you know, he would call down, down, down and told him when to go up mm-hmm. and he ended up getting his third lift to stay That's in good. the meet, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, but that kid will probably, if he stays in it, he'll look back four or five years from now and like laugh about it. Like yeah. I'd even know how, I, how deep I need to squat, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of people, I just didn't understand the, the rules, uh, per se, but, um, you know, we weren't, uh, we weren't perfect either. We had some, some hiccups here and there, um, you know, from a setup standpoint, from a behind the scenes you know, getting our shit together, um, first meet, a lot of things come up. So, you know, like random, uh, especially going into a bare venue, like random things that chords, we didn't realize we didn't have a long enough cord for something yeah. or whatever, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> we had a manufacturer issue, which, uh, oh, yeah. that one irritated me. We had brand new equipment that didn't, uh, piece together right at first. And, um, then we figured out why, was because those monos are uh, not probably not CNC made. They're probably not all the same. So certain pieces go with one mono, certain go with the other. Oh, had, okay. Yeah. So they need to be marked, and we had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was fun. And then we had one uh, jack that luckily we figured out the day before. Um, only pumped up so far. Again, a manufacturer problem on a brand new piece of equipment. Oh shit. So luckily we had someone that went and drove, uh, two hours away and back to bring us one. Um, which that kind of saved everything. Cause we would have been down to one mono had we realized yeah. that on meat day. Um, <clears throat> so I thought we did good in that standpoint. Like we checked all the equipment the best we could, you know, to figure out everything. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we started pretty much on time. Like, you know, everything ran smooth. I think from a actual running of the meat standpoint, like meat day, I thought we were pretty good. You know, um, I think we had some, some debatable like calls between each other even, you know, but nothing that like altered someone's complete day. I wouldn't say like that, but, um, you know, we, I, I thought it ran pretty smooth. Um, I mean, I remember texting you at one point, I think Saturday morning, just saying, Hey, how are things going? <laughs> Cause I knew, I knew yeah. it was the first time. And the only thing that you end up saying was that you were having issues with the one equipment piece. Yeah. So I thought, well, if that's your biggest concern and now granted, like that's a big concern. Like if that wasn't going to work, yeah. but if that's the only feedback that you're getting, like that's a pretty short list of things that could have gone wrong on the first meet, especially like you said, yeah. it's in a brand or it's in a, a bare venue like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I really, um, I really like that venue too. I think they set that up a lot better. Um, you know, being in that huge space, like you had the bodybuilding, the one end strong man and stuff in there and everything was separated out pretty well. Um, you know, I thought, I, I think we only got, 
had to turn down our music one time, they said. But that was like the end of the meet. We told them like, hey, the meet's over in like 10 minutes. We're just cranking the music. Mm-hmm. It's like the last few lifters. As as with most most meets, it gets a little bit louder, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, the you know, being that it was that big and Lexington has everything right around it, um, plenty of restrooms and plenty of um, parking and things like that. So I think that helped also. You didn't have to worry about parking issues, bathroom issues, really. Mm. Uh, we didn't have to maintain the bathrooms that was on the venue. Thank God. Uh, yeah. So It's always one of the best parts, Yeah, having the bathroom job. Yeah. Well, so, one of the things I want to ask about, because you mentioned like all the things that gave you headaches kind of leading up to it, mm-hmm. but this is a small side business. You've hosted meets mm. here at Unrivaled. Yeah. If you do a time comparison, like how much time per week that you put into getting a meet that you were putting on yourself together mm-hmm. versus how much time per week you put together hosting, like what's the time difference between those two? Oh, it's, I mean, it's astronomical. Like, to, you know, whenever we're putting on meets here, um, you know, finding spotters and loaders is a pain in the ass, which if you're listening, like just spot and load. Like, I mean, <laughs> Again, I, I've said this multiple times, like the fall brawl, you, you see some of the best lifters in the world have been up on the, that platform, spotting and loading. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were down there in Kentucky, there was a crew that came in. Um, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I forget where, where you guys are from, if you, any of you listen. Um, there was a crew that came in. You could tell, I mean, they were all serious lifters mm-hmm. and they came from, you know, hour and a half away or something like that. And they, I think they had a lifter or two doing the meet, but their their whole thing was they said like we're here for the big squats. Like when you know that third third flight comes up, we'll be in there. Like they're they were hundred percent about the lifter safety. And every one of these dudes is probably like at least thirty years old. You know, late twenties, like been lifting a long time yeah. and stuff. And then you know you can't get these like twenty one, twenty two year old fresh kids in there to lift to spot and load at all. Right. You know. Yeah. And same thing happens here. Like, I mean, me as a gym owner, like that's my time, hopefully to like talk to people and Mm -hmm. thank you for coming to the gym kind of thing. Like, or just be in the the world. Now I have to spot and load sometimes, you know, and I try to get away from that a little bit, but there's just, you know, I'm more about the lifter safety. So if I have to jump in there, I will. Mm -hmm. Um, But from a time standpoint, I have to worry about that. And then, you know, the day before the meet, the day of the meet, it's all day pretty much because mm-hmm. um, we have to devote a few hours, you know, make sure everybody's good for weigh-ins, coordinating all that stuff, moving our own, uh, helping move our own equipment out of the way generally. Um, meet day, we usually help run the meet by working the door, spotting, loading, things like that. Um, so it ends up being, you know, just like we went to the meet uh, anywhere else. It's a long day, but right. we have some added duties to it. Um, but when you're a meet director and you're trying to piece everything together, um, of course, there was a lot more hours of getting all the equipment together. Hey, are we good on this, 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 right. you know, because it's the first meet and we don't, we didn't have anything. We had to order everything, right? A lot of that efficiency you have to yeah, build over yeah. time. But as far as like, um, you're spending, you know, it, it could be an hour or two a week answering emails. Um, I just had to go on and delete a guy's registration. First, I had to send him an email, give him a warning. Hey, you didn't pay. Mm-hmm. Um, he never answered back. So I gave him, we give 24 hours. I actually gave him like 72 hours. And I said, hey, uh, 
didn't get your payment. I'm going to delete your registration. Never got an email back from that. Had to go and delete his registration. So dumb little things like that. I have to take time out of my day to send you emails. And then I have to go in and I have to get onto the system and I have mm-hmm. to delete your entry. Um, and you're talking about that like months out sometimes with some of these meets. Yeah. Yeah. There's mon- months out that this stuff happens. Um, you know, we get someone dropped out. Uh, it says clear as day on our thing. We don't do refunds. We don't do transfers, anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's big red ink on uh, the, sh- the sign up form. And, you know, someone said they were dropping out. They said, um, you got, I know you guys don't do refunds where we can make exception, blah, blah. And he said, no, unfortunately we don't do refunds. Yeah, I'm going to delete your registration. Um, thank you for letting us know. And then they email me back and they're asking like, oh, I'm curious. Why is that? Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I it, it, you know, people that don't own a business are going to think this sounds like you're being a dick. We don't have time to answer questions like that. It's clear as day. It was in red ink. You, there's no transfers. There's no refunds or anything like that. I'll explain it here though, because I'm on a podcast and yeah. this is what we're doing. So here's <laughs> the reason why no one does. No one does refunds or transfers. All right. The only person I know or organization I know that does the refunds, you have to buy meat insurance which I forget what that is. I think it's like an extra maybe 25 or 30 bucks on top of what you're normally paying for the meat. Mm-hmm. That's your meat insurance. If you do drop out, then you get you do get refunded. But I'm sure that they take everyone's meat insurance and they put that in a separate kind of folder account, you mm-hmm. know, so they have that money to throw back if needed. But anyway, here's the reason. There's a lot of them. Um, one, a lot of times your equipment and stuff is already paid for, already ordered. Um, you got to remember, people are signing up sometimes three, four, five months in advance. That money is already being utilized somewhere else. Um, <clears throat> it's already, you know, towards equipment. It's already taken uh, for travel expenses, eating, whatever kind of expense you incur from traveling. If you think that's light, also, I spent $1,000 to go to the Kentucky Open of my own money. So just like travel. Yep. That's my lodging. That's my travel, food, housing, food yeah. all that stuff. Now, some of you follow me. That's, that's not my bourbon that I bought. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> um, I spent a lot on bourbon, but that's, that's a separate expense. I'm not even expensing that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so you're going to spend, I mean, even if we, uh, I took care of some people, I'll say that too, mm-hmm. but even take that out of account, take in, if I would have changed some things up, maybe been a little bit more efficient, uh, you're still spending five, $600 to travel on a weekend easily. You got to think if you're taking a weekend trip somewhere, that's what it is. You're going to spend uh, two to three days in an Airbnb or a hotel mm-hmm. plus your food, you know, all that stuff. So it's, it, you know, you got to spend money there anyway. Um, could be that the meat directors already took their own personal pay. Um, because hey, we like to get paid for our time, so mm-hmm. hopefully we do get to do that. Um, mind you, if you're start just starting out, you're not gonna get paid. That's all there is to right. it, and that's how we've been pretty much is that there there was no pay. Um, we're just starting, so um, the, the other goal is to break even. <laughs> yeah, the um, other thing is that so so uh, again counting for expenses like you said to break even no one's going to give up their weekends and go travel and get have all these headaches and stuff to not make something from it so meet directors that say they make nothing um yes at first you probably do but after a while you're going to make something mm-hmm. you know but anyway um 
you know, you have to have money back in case something breaks. What if we go in and one of our bars malfunctions, a mono malfunctions? What if it needs a new, you know, something happens, you need money set back to be able to instantly buy a $3,000 piece of equipment, $4,000 piece of equipment. Um, Bars aren't cheap. You know, you instantly have to do that. All right. So there's one transfers, things like that, adding your name to a wait list uh, for another meet, uh, whatever it may be saying, Hey, just let us know, save this email. We'll get you into another meet. Right. Um, Doing that is an absolute headache. And we learned that from Iron Mafia. They used to do it and they, they're the ones that kind of recommended that we don't do it because it got, it gets confusing. Um, Not only, do you have to email? Let's say you tell them to keep an email record. Hey, correspondence right here. Just have an email set forward this to me later. I'm going to give you a meet whenever, you know? Okay. Okay. Um, not only is it a headache from a logistical standpoint, but let's say you have a meet that's going to sell out and you're going to make X amount of money. What if you have 20, 25 people on the back burner that you owe a meet? They just took up, uh, you know, 20, 25 spots, 10 spots, even mm-hmm. at a hundred dollars per, per spot, you're losing, you're technically losing a thousand dollars on that meat. So if you're running this as a business and the whole thing of business is money in, money out, and you want it to flow evenly, you don't want these big sways. You want to be able to see the projections, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, doing a 40, 50 person on average meet, you kind of can base on that. And then what if one meet comes up and you're only making um, two grand in money that week? Well, you got to pay all your spotters and loaders. You got to um, pay your own travel. And mm-hmm. if there's two meet directors, guess what? That's two people's travel. You know, um, <clears throat> if there's anyone else, like, you know, we're bringing people with us. Uh, for example, like I bought some of the people that came with me, I bought them dinner, lunch, you know, all that stuff. So all these things, you have to take care of those people because uh, as I've mentioned a lot of times, no one's willing to help you. No one's willing to help you. So you have to incentivize. You have to pay people. You have to buy food sometimes. Like you, you have to do something. You people that help uh, for nothing, that, I mean, that's who you know truly supports you, mm-hmm. you know, but it just doesn't happen that often. And you can go ask any meat director. I've talked to them and I've asked them about it. And they say mm-hmm. it's the single hardest thing of running meets is finding a big enough crew to be able to do it. Finding people that are willing to give up their day. Yeah. Yeah. Their one day. That's all people ask for, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so anyway, um, well, think about it. That's also, that, I don't, I can keep going on that, yeah. but I'm going to keep it there from a just transactional standpoint. They give you a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You don't receive hundred dollars because if it's going through some kind of processing online, like there's a percentage that's being taken. Yeah. You're that. only, you're only getting, um, you know, it's typical three, three to 3.5% depending on what you're using. So for one person you're like, well, that's, that's like three bucks. Who cares? Mm-hmm. No, you're doing that over and mm-hmm. over and over again. But mm-hmm. if you refund them, you're refunding them the yeah. 400, like you're losing so, money. In so the process here's the other thing about refunds. Um, so like the account that we use, uh, Let's just say it's a uh, 3% transaction, right? So $3. When you go to refund, it's a double penalty. So it's like taking it and refunding it again. It's now $6 to send that money back, right? So not only did you just lose the money that you were sending back 
So to it's them, like three bucks coming in. It's it's nine dollars in processing fees you just wasted. And how many people signed up for the last meet? Um, we were sold out at sixty. You know, so and we had some that didn't show up, but yeah, we were sold out at sixty lifters. So you have four meets that you're doing this year. Mm-hmm. So three. Three. We're doing three. The one here is okay. USPA. Hosting. Yeah. Okay. So. so you have the three meets that you're doing. You say 180. Now, it's incredibly unlikely that you would have 180 people just drop yeah. going into it. But if you do the math on that and you say $9 for all that, you're talking about over a grand that you could be losing mm-hmm. just on transactions. transactions. Just yeah. transactions. Yeah. Not the money that you also yeah. you say like has to be well, taken that's, out of the That's, again, account. why like with the gym, we're so structured the way we are. 30-day cancellation. We abide by that. We we hardly ever refund unless it was our fuck-up of we put in the wrong number to uh, do a point-of-sale transaction. Mm-hmm. Or um, if one of the coaches, it does happen sometimes, or even I screwed it up before where we missed a sheet. Uh, that's why we have you sign your cancellation form. Mm-hmm. If we miss a form when we're going through them to cancel out, and it was legit. They did sign it, everything. Then, yeah, we have to refund yes. that, right? Yeah. Um, so that's just an operational thing that we lose money on. The point is, in business, is not to have that many operational errors. This is, again, why... For, <laughs> I'm trying to keep calm because this <laughs> pisses me off so much. Um, this is why we do 30-day cancellation. This is why you sign your form is because... If we go through this point where we're just like um, refunding stuff all the time or whatever, you lose so much money doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I did learn that in the very beginning, you know, where I was being a little bit lax on some things, Um, but I I quit doing that. You know, it's not going to hurt my gym's reputation if you go bitch because you didn't follow the 30 day cancellation policy. I mean, it's you sign the form. It's Mm -hmm. clear. That's why we don't do uh, fancy contracts. That's why we don't do complicated contracts. So I think the irritation or the aggravation that people have about things like that often is a reflection of them not understanding why those are in place. Again, it's easy yeah. for someone who doesn't understand business to hear you talk about that and be like, oh, he yeah. sounds like a dick. I can't believe he's being so hard-headed about it. It's yeah. like, no, there are very legitimate yeah. reasons from a business standpoint. Great example. Okay. Um we, we ordered an extra, I wanted to order an extra pickup for my trash at home, right? Mm-hmm. So um, trash is about $85 for three months of service. Everyone remember that. $85 okay. for three months of service is about what we pay, right? Uh, maybe 90 if they're taxing or more or whatever. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I call and order an extra pickup. And this is, you know, means they have to jump off their route and come get my trash, right? And they mm-hmm. might be just a couple miles down the road. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm trying not to be too harsh. They wanted three dollars and fifty cents per bag in my container. All right, average container you're probably gonna hold five to six bags. Okay, so let's just let's just call it twenty bucks there. Mm -hmm. All right, plus forty dollars to drive out. Forty dollars flat rate just to drive out. So it would have cost me about sixty dollars to get my one trash can picked up on an extra pickup. Mm -hmm. Sixty bucks. From a consumer standpoint, I'm like, what the, f- <laughs> what, how can you guys get away with that? You know, right. I'm like, I'm irritated about it, right? I'm pissed about it. But you know what? I, all I said to the guy was like, oh man, that seems like it went up a bit. Cause I, I mean, 
it did. I've ordered an extra pickup before and they must have just implemented that flat rate because before it did cost me like $15 for an extra pickup, okay. which was fine. You know, like if I absolutely needed it, like I don't want a sidewalk full of trash, right? you know, then yeah, it was worth the 15 bucks. But, um, you know, all I could say was, wow, that, that really, that went up. All right. Well, I said, yeah, it's not really worth it to me. It wasn't worth it to me to, to pay the $60 to get that extra trash mm-hmm. handled. Do I think it's a little outrageous? Yes. But you know what? I don't know their operation. They might have to come from 30 minutes away on their truck, wasting all that gas, wasting their employees' time. Mm-hmm. So they got to pay You know that employee. You figure if they're coming half hour off the route and getting back, like let's just say it's an hour of the employee's time. And let's say it's... um you know, however far that drive is worth of gas. Right. Plus the convenience fee. That's probably how they justify it. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's always a reason for these things in business. I don't hear anyone bitching that Apple's charging. Well, some people are, but Apple's (laughs) charging. What, what's their new phone? 14, $1,300 or something anymore. Yeah. I don't even pay attention. That's I get a new phone like every eight years. Um, but their phones are well over a grand, you know? Yeah. Is anyone throwing up in arms that your phone has went from a hundred dollars to over a grand? No, because you you just you pay it and it is what it is. So big corporations are allowed to get away with things and do things, but a small business isn't, and that's the truth. Is we see a lot, um, and this isn't just here. This is in all small businesses because I know a lot of small business guys and even ones that are doing multi million dollar uh, revenue a year that explain this to me that they deal with shit just like we deal with shit and consumers don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just falls back on if you, unless you own a business, you don't look at it through that eye right? That and you don't your understand it. Um, Cause I'm the fir- I am one of the first ones to like kind of just, you know, be like, well, why is that? You know, and, and say like, well, that's a little ridiculous, you know, and, and jump to it. But then I always try to look at it from an operational standpoint of that other business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we were remodeling the, the bathroom up a bit. Yeah. And I go to the guys down the way here to get uh, bathroom stuff. I may or may not have overpaid for some of that compared to the big box store. Mm-hmm. You think I give a shit? No. Do I give a shit that I had to pay? It, it, I don't know. You know, if I did or didn't, I, I didn't go and price everything, yeah. but, okay. um, I guarantee I could have went and found some cheaper stuff for sure. Um, but I trusted their opinion on what I needed, mm-hmm. the quality of the stuff they were going to give me. And you know what? If I paid a $50 extra, I don't care. One, I support small business and two, they're, they're giving me their honest opinion on what I need. Right. Not big box store guy that like doesn't probably even know what the hell he's talking about half the time. You know what I mean? Mm Going to give me something. And then all of a sudden a line bursts in my bathroom and I have flooding, you know? So, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, um, you know, you have to, you have to look at everything from a a different standpoint other than the consumer all the time. Cause you're never, if you, anytime you're getting charged more, anytime that something doesn't work in your favor, yeah, you're going to be irritated about it, but you know what? It's on you. You didn't abide by the policy. You didn't read the print. You know, 
Um, or you got what you paid for. Or you got what you paid for. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always something. Look in your, you know what? There's stuff in your car contracts, your housing contracts, your apartment contracts yeah. that you don't even <laughs> fucking know exists that can happen to you. Um, we got a, our offer accepted on a house. We're selling ours. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, and even though it's signed contract from both parties, uh, and I, I made it contingent on selling my house. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have to, but I made it that way. Um, it, that other house that we're looking at, they could still accept offers and we could have just wasted all this time. Oh shit. That's fine print inside of that housing contract that I never knew either. I never knew that was even possible, um, until the realtor told me about it. And I looked at him, I'm like, what? Like, so if someone did come along and give mm-hmm. them a much better offer. Oh yeah. If they, if someone came in and was like, Oh, you're under contract. Would they give you? Okay. I'll give you 30 grand more and no contingency. Let's get it done right now. They could gladly accept it if they wow. wanted to. Now, like he said, like it, it, most realtors aren't going to go try to show that house to anyone because it's under contract and they're not going to be that big of an asshole. Right. But guess what? Not everyone's a nice person. So they could, someone could go in there today and screw us, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but again, fine print inside of contracts that you got to know, you know? And I think the more you live life, um, this is why we don't see as many complaints from older people as we do younger generally, because they've been through life. They understand a lot of it, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, those are some of the easiest conversations is working with clients who are a little bit older. mm -hmm. And as long as you can explain to them why things are priced the way that they are, you can Mm -hmm. show them a breakdown it typically comes down to simply saying, okay, that's fair, or I'm not able to pay yep. this. Yep. Not, well, like, that doesn't make sense. I shouldn't have to pay yeah. this. A great a great example, um, I've, this happened twice in the last uh, month or so, was doing a one-on-one um, with a younger athlete. And I told the parent, I said, you know, I usually charge uh, $75 an hour for one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, if he's going to do programming things and, and have a membership to the gym, I'll put it down to 65 for one-on-ones for him. And she's like, oh no. She's like, you need to make a profit. She's like, this, you know, mother. Let you give her this mother of how many kids, you know, was like, oh no, we've already budgeted. Like, cause I said, I I would rather you guys like stay with us long term than be out in a couple weeks because of budget or something. You know, it does happen. It's like, oh no, we've already budgeted for it. She's like, you need to make money. She's like, do not give us a discount. Whoa. I'm like, okay. Had another guy. He's the CEO of a mortgage company. So, okay. He's got a little extra cash. Mm -hmm. Um, He, uh, another guy that I normally want to take on for programming decided to, um, because he had good verification from another long-term client that I have. Um, I said, okay, I'll give this guy a shot. He knows how I work. Like if you're not doing your part, like I'm going to put you with someone else. Like mm-hmm. I don't have time for newbie stuff. This guy's been such an easygoing client. He's, he works exactly like these elite powerlifters. He sends his stuff in, he gives me feedback, all that stuff. Right. Um, and he's he, he's understanding and adaptive, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes into town. He wants to do a session, and I told him same thing. Like it's hey, it's actually it's seventy five dollars an hour. Um, he came in and we did a session. It was like forty minutes, forty five, because you know we didn't have a lot to to really go over too mm-hmm. much. You know, um, he's a little bit older. Didn't want to push him. So I told him, I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's. I'll tell you what. It was like closer to a half hour session. Uh, you're on programming stuff. I was like, I'll, I'll just do like 40 bucks. He's like, no. Nah. He's like, it was close to a full hour. Just charge a 75. 
I was like, well, I don't, you know, I want to be fair. He's like, right, no. Right. He's like, you, he's like, you didn't have to come in today for, for somebody like me. He's like, charge 75. I was, I was like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. He's yeah. like, no, I'm serious. You're going to charge a 75. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, but again, like I, I understand there, you know, everyone's trying to work in different budgets, different categories, but at the same time, like I've noticed it just from these, these older people that understand things more, mm-hmm. that's their worth for it. You know? They value the quality that they're going to get out of it mm-hmm. more than seeing the price tag yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of younger people, well, let's save this for another uh, podcast, but the older people, yes, they have more disposable income generally, but they see the value. In I mean, think of how many for. people you work with, yeah. how many people come in, they pay for stuff with you or they talk about stuff they're paying for in the gym and how life-changing it is. Mm-hmm. But someone at 25, 30 years old, they might not understand that yet because they're not they're they're not older and wearing down as much, but they they're just not as um what's the word I'm looking for? Like they they don't see the value because they don't know what it's, it's like to not have like it. To not have it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so all right. Um yeah, I think that that covers kind of a lot of stuff today. I think next podcast we get into a little bit of this recovery stuff, um, like I said, and talk about different uh, clients that I have and you may have that need questions answered. So if you have recovery questions or something, uh, send those in, DM Dane, and we'll get those loaded up for next week. So Sounds good. You got anything? That's it. That's all today. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.